0: So how appropriate and auspicious to be all together for All Saints Day, which is, in essence, a celebration of all of us all together. Not just here at St. Paul's, but all together in the depths of time, in God's reality, where past, present, and what is to come is one holy eternal space in the mystery of this divine life I'd like to talk a little bit for a couple of minutes about the tradition of All Saints Day for those who might not be familiar with it, because its context and its meaning offers us a glimpse of the wider reality of this life, which we are walking in. And our awareness of this wider reality offers us strength and nourishment and guidance. So as early as the year 207, Christians were formally celebrating the saints in that time, the martyrs, those who had given their lives to affirm the teachings of Christ and the way of love eternal. And around the year 800, Christians around the British Isles began celebrating All Saints Day on November 1st, which has continued to this day. It's now a part of a three-day season known as All Hallowtide, with the night before being October 31st, Hallow's Eve, in which a night which is often commemorated with uh, evening vespers or with eating a lot of candy and getting sick (laughs) and regretful for that. And then comes All Saints Day, which is meant to commemorate all the saints who have come before us and inspired us. And then the third day, November 2nd, is All Souls Day, commemorating all those who have died, especially family and friends who have gone before us but are with us and part of us still. So, All Hallow Tide calls us to remember the communion of saints, the communion of all who lived before us, the all who live now, and all who are to come and will ever be, the communion that is our wider and truer identity. In this tradition, we call it the body of Christ in which we are all one. And remembering this communion of saints is so important that it is professed in the Apostles' Creed, a central prayer of our beliefs, and also, as we are about to do in a few minutes, in our baptismal vows, I believe, in the communion of saints, we say. And this understanding of our wider reality in the communion is profoundly important. Because if we believe we are separate individuals only, it creates a false sense of division and ongoing suffering and fear, and sometimes even violence, all too common among human beings. Jesus said it this way, very truly I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains just a single grain, but if it dies, it bears much fruit. In other words, if we don't remember the larger reality that we are a part of, we are blind to the eternal life that is flowing in us and through us feeding us and bearing fruit and seeds in an ongoing reality of life in this divine creation. So this is the context of what we are celebrating today, profound understandings that bring us more alive, the fruits and seeds of the saints and those before us bearing fruit in us, strength and inspiration about how to live a human life. The poet Jane Hirschfield once said, I have been given this existence, these years on this earth, to accept what has come into my lifetime, wars, loves, betrayals, kindness. I must take them. I must find a way to live in this world. You can't refuse it. And along with the difficult is the radiant, the beautiful, the intimacy with which, with which each one of us enters the life of all of us and figures out, what is our conversation? What is my responsibility? What must be suffered? What can be changed? How can I meet this in a way which both lets me open my eyes and also, perhaps, if I'm lucky, be of service? So she named as part of life's precious gifts not only the radiant and the beautiful, but the intimacy with which each one of us enters the life of all of us. This is the life knowing that we are a part of the communion of saints, the one body, living and breathing and having our being in the source of creation, in the eternal flow of life. She also said, that through this intimacy with which each one of us enters the life of all of us, we figure out how to answer major questions about how to live. And this brings us to the words of Jesus that we heard in the gospel today, the Beatitudes, offering us guidance and encouragement about how to live. They be our hearing again. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for heaven is theirs. Blessed are those who who are persecuted for righteousness, for their reward will be great. For in the same way, the prophets before you were also persecuted." We might wonder what to do with these words. We might wonder, what do they have to do with my day-to-day life? Or we might feel that they're just a reminder of how we ourselves fall far short of them. Well, I'd first like to remind us all that the saints were not perfect people, living some high and mighty holiness all their lives. They often started out in very humble lives or walked in darkness and confusion, vain and egotistical like St. Ignatius, common and ordinary like St. Teresa, violent and oppressive like St. Paul, Each of the Beatitudes contains a blessing for all of us, not just the saints. A blessing and a promise, very much like a psalm in that way. So it's interesting to note that the Hebrew word in the psalms, which is often translated as blessing, actually literally means finding the right road. Jesus is offering us guidance here directions about finding our way. He's the GPS of our souls, a navigation system filled with intimate understanding of human life and compassionate guidance among the many ways there are to travel and to get lost. So I'll finish up with just taking a look at the first line and what it might mean to us in our lives. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for God's realm of eternal love, the kingdom of God, is theirs. What does it mean to be poor in spirit? Do you feel as if you're lacking in faith, or are you depressed, unconscious, or forgetful at times, down on yourself as inadequate or impoverished in some way, less than others? Jesus is saying to us, it's okay. You are on the right road to God and to saintliness. Saintliness or faith are not a perfection of belief or an absence of doubt or a perfect life, perfect living. Saintliness and faith are simply the willingness to turn to God, to turn to the greater wholeness of life of which we are a part, to keep turning our vehicle of awareness in that direction. There's many ways to do it. We might do so through the actions of loving and serving others however we can. There are a lot of outreach opportunities here. We might do it through contemplative prayer. A prayer group meets here every Tuesday evening for something called Centering Prayer, which is basically just sitting in the stillness of our desire and our active consent to feel God's presence. When we practice that in stillness, we can feel it more in activity. Saintliness is the willingness to take refuge in the presence of the divine, to the living reality of the communion of saints, even by simply when going on a walk or in nature, turning our attention and sensing God in that moment or just being opening open to it. Jesus is telling us if we feel poor in spirit, be assured of what God has already given you and trust the truth, the love, the grace of God, the communion of saints, the wisdom. Turn to the saints like we just turn to one another and introduce yourself and feel the connection Let it saturate you. Let us celebrate it.